0: Hi, this is Puritans Read, where we read aloud great Puritan works, authors, and biographies. Today, episode 43 of The Rare Jewel of Christian Contentment by Jeremiah Burroughs. Roman numeral 8. Another reasoning that murmuring hearts have is this, why they think that if the affliction were any other than it is, then they would be more contented. Number one, you must know that we are not to choose our own rod that God shall beat us with. Number two, It may be that if it were any other than it is, it would not be so suitable for you as this. It may be, therefore, God chooses it because it is the most contrary to you, since it is most suitable for purging out the humor that is in you. If a patient comes to take medicine and finds himself sick by it, will he say, Oh, If it were any other potion, I could bear it. It may be, if it were any other than it is, it would not suit your disease. Yea, if it did not work as it does, it would not suit the disease. So when you say of an affliction, if it were any other than it is, you could bear it. Do but answer yourself with this. It may be, if it were any other than it is, it would not be suitable for me. It would not get right to the sinful humor in my soul, and therefore, God sees this to be the fittest and the most suitable for me. Number three, know that this is the excellence of grace in a Christian to be fitted for any condition. Not only to say if it were this or that, but if it were any. Now, if a sailor has skill, he does not say... If it were any other wind but this, if the wind blew in any direction but this, I could manage my ship. I could show skill in other directions, but not in this. Would not sailors laugh at such a one? It would be a shame for him to say that he has skill in any other direction but this. So it should be a shame for a Christian to say that he has skill in any other affliction but this. A Christian should be able to manage his ship if the wind blows anyway, to guide his soul anyway. Number four, the last answer is this, know that the Lord has rewards and crowns for all graces and for honoring them in all conditions. It may be in such a way as you think you could honor God. God has a crown for that, and God has another crown to set upon the heads of those who honor him in such a way as this. He has several sorts of crowns, as I may say, in heaven, and those crowns he must put upon somebody's head, and therefore he exercises you in a variety of conditions so that you might have the several rewards and crowns that God has to reward and crown those who are faithful in several conditions. Roman numeral 9. Oh, but the condition that God has put me in makes me unserviceable, and this troubles me. It is true, if it were only an affliction and trouble to myself, it would not be so much, but I am put into such a condition by this affliction that I am unserviceable and can do God no further service. God has put me into a mean position. <clears throat> And what good can I do? How burdensome is my life to me because I can do no service for God. That is grievous to me. Indeed, if it is true that this is your great grief, it is a good sign. If you can say, as in the presence of God, above all afflictions in this world, I count to be laid aside and not to be employed in the service of God, the greatest affliction. I would rather bear any trouble in the world if I might do more service than to be freed from trouble and be laid aside and do little service. Can you say so? It is a good sign of grace for a man to account afflictions as great because he can do the Lord but little service. Few men account that as an affliction at all. But yet there may be a temptation in this, To murmur at God's disposal when your calling is low and mean and you can do little service is many times a temptation to those who are poor, those who are servants, and those who are of weak gifts and must work hard to provide bread for their families. It is many times a grievous burden to them to think, The Lord uses other men in public service, and I live in an obscure way. And to what purpose is my life? To help against this temptation that you may not murmur against this condition, number one, do but consider that though your condition is low and mean, yet you are in the body, you are a member of the body, though you are but a mean member. The toe and the finger have their use in the body, though it is not the eye, though it is not the head or the heart, yet it has its use in the body. There is an excellent expression, which I remember Augustine has, about this. It is better to be the meanest member in the body than to be the highest and most important member and cut off from the body. It is better to be a little sprig in the tree joined to the root than to be an arm cut off from the root. Other men who have but common gifts in the world, who are not members of Jesus Christ, seem indeed to have more excellence than those who are godly, who are in a mean condition with mean gifts and mean callings. But they are not of the body, they are not joined to the root, and therefore their condition is worse When a great arm of a tree is cut off, it has a great many leaves on it and seems a great deal more glorious than those little sprigs that are on the tree, but that little sprig is in a better condition. Why? Because it is joined to the tree and gets sap from the root and flourishes, but the other will wither and die within a while. So it is with all men of the world. They are just like great boughs cut off from the tree. Though they have excellent gifts and have great wealth and pomp and glory in the world, they have no union with Jesus Christ, the root. But others who live in a poor condition, a poor tradesman, a poor servant, a poor laboring man who labors for his family every day, such a one, being godly, may say, though I have but little for the present, little glory, little credit, little comfort, Yet I am joined to the body, and there I have supply, and that which will feed me with comfort, blessing, and mercy to all eternity. So all who are in a poor condition in this world, if you are godly, just think of that. Though you are mean, yet you are in the body, and joined to the root. You are joined to the principle of comfort, good, blessing, and mercy, which will hold out to eternity, when thousand thousands of glorious, pompous men in the world shall wither and perish everlastingly. Therefore, do not be troubled at your mean condition. Number two, though you have only a mean calling in this world and so are not regarded as a man of use in the world, yet if you are a Christian, God has called you to a higher calling. Your general calling is a high calling, though your particular calling is but low and mean. There is a place for that in the chapter before my text, Philippians 3.14. I press towards the mark, says the apostle, for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. So every Christian has a high calling of God in Christ Jesus. God has called him to the highest thing to which he has called any creature he has made. The angels in heaven have not a higher calling than you have. You who perhaps spend your time in a poor business, in the meanest calling, if you are a dung raker to rake channels or to clean places of filth or any other thing in the world that is the meanest calling, if you are that can be conceived of. Your general calling as a Christian advances you higher than any particular calling can advance any man in the world. Others, indeed, who are called to manage the affairs of the state are in a high calling, or ministers, they are in a high calling. But yours, in some respects, is higher. A poor servant who must be scraping all day about poor mean things many times may have such a temptation as this. Oh, what a poor condition God has put me into. Will God have regard to such a one who is in such a poor, low place as I am? Oh, yes. Christ has regard to the meanest member, as a man has as real a regard to his toe, if it is in pain, and will look after it as truly and verily as any other member. So Christ has regard to his lowest and meanest ones. Number three, you are in a high calling. Though your outward calling is low in respect of men, yet in respect of God, you are in the same calling with the angels in heaven, and in some degree called to that which is higher. For the scriptures say says that the Angels come to understand the mystery of the gospel by the church. You who are a Christian in that general calling of yours, you are joined with principalities and powers and with angels in the greatest work that God has called any creature to. And therefore, let that comfort you in this. Number four. Your calling is low and mean, yet do not be discontented with that. For you have a principle within you, if you are a godly man or woman, of grace, which raises your lowest actions to be higher in God's esteem than all the brave, glorious actions that are done in the world. The principle of faith does it. If any man or woman goes on in obedience to God in a way of faith, in the calling in which God has set them. Doing this, I say, through a principle of faith, it raises this action and makes it a more glorious action than all the glorious victories of Alexander and Caesar. All their triumphs and glorious pomp that they had in all their conquests were not so glorious as for you to do the lowest action out of faith. As Luther speaks of a poor milkmaid who is a believer and does her work in faith, he compares that action to all the glorious actions of Caesar and makes it a great deal more eminent and glorious in the eyes of God. Therefore, faith raises your works, which are but mean, and raises them to be very glorious. Yes, And the truth is, it is more obedience to submit to God in a low calling than to submit to him in a higher calling. For it is sheer obedience, mere obedience, that makes you go on in a low calling. But there may be much self-love that makes men go on in a higher calling. For there is riches, credit, and account in the world, and rewards come in by that which they do not in the other. To go on quietly in a low calling is more obedience to God. This concludes episode 43 of Jeremiah Burroughs, the rare jewel of Christian contentment.